You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Mikowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our live fantasy show tonight. Locked on Fantasy Live, Wednesday, August 18th. That's tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked on NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to the Locked on Network on Twitter at Locked on Network. Big news of the day, the Packers traded Josh Jackson for Isaac Yadam, cornerback from the New York Giants in a one-for-one swap. We are going to have our friend at Locked on Giants, Patricia Trena, come on in a little bit to talk about Yadam and to talk about Josh Jackson. Uh, we'll do a little, a little mini crossover just to get everyone set on this trade. It is not a game breaker. Let's be very clear about this. But uh, I do think it's important to talk about because the Packers drafted Josh Jackson in 2018. He has not lived up to expectations by any stretch. I have to take the L on this. He has not been the player I thought he would, could, or should be. Could he go to New York and flourish? Yes. I hope he does. I hope he finds the right place for him. But I think if he were going to do that, he likely would have already done it. Now, we've seen cases where where someone goes somewhere else and flourishes in ways that we just had never seen before. But, you know, even looking at the Packers track record, someone like Casey Hayward was awesome as a rookie. And, and then even in more limited roles, you know, he got hurt. There was still really good play in there. It's not surprising that he went on and, and played well. Micah Hyde was a solid to good player for the Packers before he went to the Bills and became a Pro Bowl caliber player. It's not like he was just a dog. It's not like he was nothing. Josh Jackson couldn't get on the field. So him going to New York and and flourishing would be rather strange. Now, there are a number of reasons to like this move for the Packers. Number one, you were probably going to cut Josh Jackson anyway. So now you're getting something of value for Jackson instead. And what you're getting is a player who is a former top 100 pick, who went to the Broncos, who's played real snaps in the NFL, started games, started for the Giants on a pretty good defense last year, played for Vic Fangio in Denver in 2019 before he was traded. And this is his second trade in two years, a third team. Uh... And part of that is the Giants were getting Jackson, and who knows, if you ta- trade with Dave Gettleman, you probably have to feel pretty good that you're getting the better end of whatever trade that is. The pro football focus grades are not great, um, and he has not been you know, an impact player, but he's 25, again, was a former top 100 pick, has solid measurables, and has at least some experience with Vic Fangio, and, and that's the, the bones of the defense the Packers are going to be running, that match quarters coverage. 
And I thought Josh Jackson was going to be a good fit for what the Packers wanted to do. And I think I probably overestimated um, that a little bit. But he just just doesn't seem like the athletic tools are there for him in in this defense. And I think I, I probably overestimated um, what the change would do for him. Probably because I just liked him. And I like the instincts and I like the ball skills. And we just haven't seen any of that. So hopefully he can go to New York and have a little bit more uh, confidence in what he's doing. And and the other thing is this gives him an opportunity now to compete. This is not final cuts in August where if he gets signed, he's got to wait for injuries. He's got to wait for issues before he gets a chance to, to prove himself. Now he gets to go to New York. And gets a chance at least for the next couple of weeks before the season starts. I mean, we're a month away from the season starting almost. So there's plenty of time for him to go out in a new defense. He's going to have to learn the defense. But you still get your one-on-ones. You still get some team reps. You still get some seven-on-seven where, you know, at a certain point, defense is defense. To try and, and win some sort of role in New York. So it benefits Josh Jackson to do it now versus later. And it benefits the Packers because they get to get Yadam in here. And, and get him acclimated to what's going on. The positive part is Patrick Graham, who's, who runs the defense for the Giants, was in Green Bay in 2018 with Mike Patton before getting the D.C. job in Miami in 2019. So he knows Josh Jackson a little bit. You assume this move was made because of that, or at least in part because of that. And Yadam gets from Denver. Now he's played in New York last year, but in Denver, played with Vic Fangio, a defense that is structurally similar to what the Packers want to do in 2021 with Joe Barry. Now, does this change their life? No, but remember what I said yesterday. I was on this show going, look, you have Jair Alexander, you have Chandon Sullivan. In their roles, they are good. They're solid. They're what you want. You have Eric Stokes. You hope he can win that outside job. At worst, he's your fourth outside corner and you have Kevin King. After that, you cannot feel good about what you have at the position. Cannot feel good about what you have at that spot. So what do they do? Rather than waste training camp reps, if they brought someone in, remember I suggested, okay, they could bring someone in. Not a long list of corners that they could bring in. You bring someone in, you're still going to give Josh Jackson some reps. Now, all of those reps get to go to Yadam. And Kadar Holman did not look good in the preseason game either. I mean, I think that gets glossed over a little bit because he's a day three pick. The expectations are not the same. But remember, that first camp, he was out there going, I'm going to press man and I'm going to play great. And, and this is what I am and I can do this. And the, the coaches loved him. The players loved him. And he just has not been able to carry that forward. The physical tools, the speed, it just hasn't carried forward. And, you know, he's he's probably a special teams only player that is not going to play special teams. I don't, I don't know that he makes this team. Maybe an opportunity for someone like Sanford Samuels to step up and make the roster and said, Shamar John Charles is going to be on this roster. So they needed another boundary corner. This is a way to do that. Did the Packers just trade backups? Yeah, probably. But they traded backups, a backup that they didn't think could play for them. A guy that probably was not going to make their team. For a guy who started 10 games last year. Now, was he was he great in all of them? No. Is he long? Does he have athletic tools? Yes. 
Has he played a lot of football? Yes. Has he played a lot of special teams? Also, yes. That's part of the calculation here. Because you're going to carry your your former second round pick who you don't you, you don't want to play on defense to play special teams which you also didn't want him to play. So now you switch him out for a guy who's going to try and fight to earn a special teams job and see if he can do a little bit more in a defense with which he has familiarity. This is a worthy gamble. This is Christian Kirksey. This is Rick Wagner. This is Devin Funches, but on a smaller scale because Yadam has just never been as good as those guys were. You know, Rick Wagner in his prime was one of the best right tackles in the league. Christian Kirksey in his prime was a really solid off-ball linebacker. Devin Funches in his prime was a legit 1B receiver for a playoff team. Those guys, not those guys anymore. But you take a gamble. You take a risk to turn over the roster. And maybe it's closer to someone like, you know, when they brought in a guy like Natrell Jamerson. That didn't work out. But you bring in some pedigree, some athleticism, and let them compete. Making those moves. This is something that I have complimented Brian Gutekunst on for years because it's something that Ted Thompson just wouldn't do. He just rarely did it. Not that he wouldn't have made this move. Maybe he would have made this move. But he didn't have a long line of making these kinds of trades. This is a win-win. Even if it just makes you marginally better at that cornerback four spot, Josh Jackson had to play for a month last year. Now, one of the reasons you draft Eric Stokes is so that doesn't happen, but you want Eric Stokes to win that job and he's going out there and he's competing. We're going to get an opportunity Wednesday, Thursday with this joint practice to see these guys in real action. Is Yadam going to be ready for that? Probably not. Maybe he's ready by Saturday to play. We'll see what, you know, with all the, the COVID protocols, you know, he was in camp. So hopefully they don't have to deal with any of that and, and he can get out there and, you know, have an opportunity to, to play. You, you want to play him. These aren't the moves that are the difference between winning a championship and not in, uh, in a vacuum. You know, this move. It's not like Yadam is going to go in and, and be the starting corner on a Super Bowl team. But he might have to play half a game, might have to play a game, might have to play two games, three games. And you probably feel more comfortable with him playing than Josh Jackson. That can be the difference in winning or losing a game. Or you make a couple moves like this and improve the roster on the margins. You bring in Devin Funches, and now you've improved the wide receiver four spots so that if you lose Devontae Adams and you lose Alan Lazard, well, that would never happen, except it happened last year. And so now you have more competent guys behind to come in and help you win games that you are going to need to win to get the number one seed to have the best chance to go win the Super Bowl, and that is what matters for the Green Bay Packers. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, baseball in full season, swing, college football about to kick off here, NFL in its preseason mode, golf is still happening, Northern Trust coming on this weekend before the next pitch, before the next kickoff, before the next tee off yeah i guess like before you wouldn't say that but like before the guys tee off again let's go that uh go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the opportunities and contest information there don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs in baseball or the fedex cup in golf or a super bowl 
if you're a team like the Packers. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Joining me now to help break down the big news of the day from Locked On Giants, Patricia Trena and and Patricia. Um, Josh Jackson was probably not going to make the roster in Green Bay, but is a high pedigree player, a top 50 player. The Packers make this move for Isaac Yadam, who, although he was just traded a year before, came out and played a significant role in this Giants defense. That was pretty good last year. When the Giants first made this move, what was your impression of him? And I know we got we had limited reps last year in training camp and, and in games to see and talk to these guys. But what was your just initial impression of how he fit with what the Giants were doing? Well, what the Giants were trying to do, Peter, is they were trying to get cornerbacks who could play man press coverage. And coming out of Denver, I remember reaching out to uh, our colleague over in Denver to, to get a scouting report on him. And they said, oh, you know, that's his strength. And the reason why Denver parted with him, because I believe Yadam was a high draft pick for, for Denver, mm-hmm. was because they switched to a new defensive system under head coach uh, Vic Fangio. And I believe that system was more of a zone-based, and Yadam is not good in zone. So he comes over to the Giants. The Giants want to play man press coverage. And let's just say that Yadam, whether it was because he didn't know the playbook or you know he, he had to hit the ground running or I, I don't know what the reason was, wasn't very good. Um, there were a couple times when he was actually benched for some poor performances, he was replaced by Ryan Lewis, who was with the team at the time. And then when Ryan Lewis ended up on injured reserve, they brought back Yadam and he kind of went the rest of the way. Yadam is a good open field tackler. He is good in run support. In man press, very shaky, very inconsistent. He lacks a twitch. You know, he's not, he, he doesn't have that stickiness that you want to see mm-hmm. um, your cornerbacks have to stay with the receivers. And he's particularly prone to being b- beaten on mesh concepts. We saw a lot of that last year where he just was left basically, you know, standing there going, what just happened, you know, and just trying <laughs> to make up for the, for the, uh, the space that he ended up giving up. So in the right system, Yadam can be, I think he could be a functional cornerback, but for what the Giants wanted to do, I don't think, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they moved him. I, I think the Giants wanted to see Rodarius Williams, the kid they drafted out of Oklahoma State this year in the sixth round. Um, they wanted to see him maybe make the roster. And the Giants also, you know, by acquiring Jackson, which is not, you know, it's a low risk gamble if you think about it. Um, and then adding Croissant, who they got from the Texans. So it, the handwriting was on the wall that the Giants were going to make a move at cornerback, and Yadam just seemed to be the most logical choice there. Yadam is also someone who has played some special teams. Um, w- was that something that that it seemed like he handled, uh, you know, effectively? Was he, uh, would you say, a core special teamer? What was his role there? Yeah, I wouldn't quite call him a core special teamer. He he was very. Um, I can't sit here and tell you that he stood out. I don't believe he, uh, I don't think he, he led the team in tackles last year. Um, he was functional. We'll say that we'll say he was functional. Um, but yeah, you're right. When you get to the bottom of the depth chart at a position and Yadam kind of 
hovered between number two cornerback to the bottom of the depth chart, depending on what week we were in. Um, you have to p- contribute on special teams. And, you know, he was functional. He just, you know, I think he played on all the teams except for, I want to say, the the scoring one, the, the field goal and the, and the PAT. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't remember anything really popping out on specials from him. Yeah, and and you know I've I've gone back and watched a little bit. Unfortunately, Game Pass does not have the all twenty two right now, so it is really hard to go back and and do some of that work. But from from let's let's go back to when he was drafted. Yeah, as you mentioned, a high draft pick, uh, third round pick, the 99th overall pick. So we get to say top hundred, even though we're kind of stretching that a little bit. Um, big, long, fast enough. But what it sounds like you're saying is that twitch, that that change of direction ability to play sort of sticky man coverage or to even click and close if you're playing off coverage, just not really there. It sounds like you think his best fit is sort of insurance policy cornerback four, which fingers crossed for Green Bay, that's what he is for them. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a starting cornerback. Um, can he be functional in sub packages? Yes, I think he can. Excellent in run support. Good open field tackler. I mean, I think you'll be very happy with that. But coverage, you know, it's interesting. It's At one point, we thought he was going to be the answer. And, and then just things started to fall apart. He started to get attacked more. You know, people stayed away from James Bradbury, who was so much better. Um, and, and we just got to see the true colors, if you will. And uh, it, it wasn't a good fit. And that's why the Giants went out this past offseason and they brought in Adore Jackson mm-hmm. so that they could play. You know, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, said, you know, you have to be able to play man coverage in this league. And the Giants did not do a whole lot of that last year because they didn't have the personnel. You know, they were counting on Sam Beal. They were counting on DeAndre Baker and we all know what happened with those two guys. So they brought in James Bradbury who can play man coverage and they tried to find a compliment to James Bradbury. And they just went through a whole list of guys. They started with Corey Ballantine, who is now with the jets. They start, then they went to Yadam once he got up to speed and then Ryan Lewis and then Lewis got hurt. And then they went back to Yadam and then towards the end of the season, Julian love took that. So they, they just went through a whole list of guys in an effort to find um, a guy who could play press coverage like like James Bradbury, and they ended up not playing as much press coverage as you would have liked to have seen them play. Yeah, I think if you're the Packers, you're looking at this going, okay, Vic Fangio comes in and decides, arguably the best defensive mind in the game goes, nah, I don't know if we can use this guy. And then he goes to New York and plays with Patrick Graham, who is one of the rising defensive minds in football, and they go... Yeah, I don't know if we can play this guy. And and so it's just sort of like, okay, well, if you're just going to take the guy that all the smart coaches doesn't think can play, uh, you, you need to have reasonable expectations about what he's going to be for your team. As long as he is, you know, a, a good guy in the locker room, tries hard on special teams. And to your point, if he can tackle, you know, that's a that's a problem for a lot of backup corners is they come in and not only can they not cover, but they can't hit anybody. It sounds like you're saying for a backup, he can give you what you're looking for, but but don't expect the world from him. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, he's functional. 
You know, he's he's a guy. You know, he's going to be on a roster, whether it's the Packers I, keep him. I, you, or whatever. I don't think you mean to mean it this way, but I keep hearing "damning" with faint praise when I hear "functional." That's just that's just what I hear because it's like, <laughs> yeah, he he's. It's like saying when you when you talk to a coach, and I'm sure you've experienced this. You talk to a coach, and you go. The first thing that he says is, oh, he's a great kid. It's like, okay, I got it. So he's not very good. Like, I feel like that's that's where we are with this. I, that's not what I'm saying. No, I, I mean, he, put him on the field. He can do certain things for you. Okay. Like I said, if it's if it's a sure running down, he's your guy. Um, okay. Can he cover certain routes? Yes. Does he play a little bit too loose of his own? Yes, that's a problem. Does he give up a little too much cushion when he is asked to play man press? Yes, that's a problem. He's got things he needs to work on. He's not a finished product. I mean, no, right. really, no player is if you think about it. And he's only twenty five. And he's only twenty five, exactly. And and he's you know healthy. He last year I don't think he missed any games or practices due to injury that I can recall. Um, so he is. I I think he'll have a home someplace. I just don't know. Depending on what Green Bay wants to do, and I know you guys have a, you're, you're pretty stacked with your cornerback group. I think you have um, your first team set and your second team set, and you know maybe Adam's going to be a a dime back for for you guys. I don't yeah. know, but uh, you know there there will, there will be a role for him, I'm sure. Cornerback four, cornerback five, it could be. All right, so I, I was underselling it a little bit from you. I, I appreciate your your clarification on that, Patricia. This was great. I appreciate you offering your insight. No problem. All right. Awesome to talk to Patricia. Uh, she is is very, very hooked into what's going on in, in New York. She is in the building, so to speak. And literally, she's literally in the building. Um, she, she goes and, and covers the Giants as well as anyone. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I got a text from a friend yesterday. He said, have you had the grasshopper cookie? And I said, have I had it? It is the greatest. It is the greatest. I have long championed the coconut brownie, but I think the grasshopper may have unseated it. You can't go wrong with either, frankly. All of these bars, whether you go for the grasshopper, the coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They are high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, and yet... Seriously, they taste awesome. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow. I am working on an interview for later in the week. And a couple for next week. We've got some exciting things on deck here. Some things I think you are really going to like. And uh, some other stuff that I'm working on that I also think you're going to like that I'm excited to announce uh, relatively soon. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.